Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive in that home. Hello, ladies. I'm blessed to have Pam Fields with us again today, so I know you're going to enjoy her. And I think we'll find a little bit more about you today, Pam. Now, when you started motherhood, tell me what it was like in your beginning days and, and, uh, you know, what thoughts did you have as you went into motherhood? Well, um, while my husband and I were dating, he said he wanted to have four children because that's what he grew up with was four. And I thought, well, that's a lot, but uh, I always planned to have one or two. I thought I'd have one or two and work full time. It just, that was, you know, so much of what you heard. That's and, what your mother did, didn't she? Uh, yeah, well, there were three of us, but she worked full time. Mm. And so I always assumed that I would just have one or two and work full time. And when he said four and I want you to stay home with them, I thought, wow, what a deal. Yeah, <laughs> sure, that sounds great. So, yeah, so we had one. And uh, then uh, 17 months later, the second. Isn't that interesting? Oh, no. You had Emma 17 months yes. later. I had my twins 17 yes. months later. Yes. yes. So I had Caleb and then 17 months later, Emma hmm. and then the twins. Yeah. And uh, so it was just four under four years. Hmm. And uh, so that was it. We, we had our plan. We had four. And then we... We realize after a while, you know, and it takes a little while to get your feet under you after mm. the twins and the toddlers and yeah. organizing everything and ah, oh, just the busy years so much. And then uh, we we realized if they all come within four years, they're all going to leave within four years. Mm. And you know, you hear about all these empty nesters and how hard it is to adjust. And boy, we better do something. You know, we don't want to be lonely and bored. And too soon. So we thought, well, we better have one more because we need, we don't want to be bored and we don't want to be lonely too soon. They're all going to go within four years. So we decided. What about those who stop at two and then they have all those years? Yeah. Oh, all those years. And the children, they grow so quickly, they ladies. They do. Oh, they do. So quickly. Before I, To me, it was like one blink of my eye and my children were grown. And uh, then it's a whole new life. And, and uh, oh, I, it, it would be, I couldn't imagine just having two children. Um, you know, I, I wish I had more around me. It doesn't feel like it when they're all little and when... The perspective of when you're a new mom or a young mom with only little ones and people say, what do they say? The the days are long, but the years are short. And it didn't make sense to me until I had adult children. And I, it was like, oh, are they ever going to grow up? Are they? And then I, you just shake yourself and go, wait, they grew up. Yeah. I, it's done. It's, oh. it's like, oh my goodness, that's, that's just beyond you. And I always used to think I didn't have enough time. I wanted more time to input into their lives. It's it true. Just, it just goes so quickly. That's true. So we so we had one more, our fifth, um, and we decided, our plan was that we would have just the one more so that we would not be lonely and bored. <laughs> it was mm. purely selfishness on our <laughs> part. We just wanted the next one for us. So it was funny, um, during her pregnancy, um, 
Well, well, the funny part is, is uh, I had been reading Above Rubies since my firstborn was a few months old. And uh, I had been reading that, and I'd read about large families, but but I didn't catch a vision for it, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, so here I'm pregnant with my fifth, and, and it was during her pregnancy when I just started seeking the Lord on it, and I just was thinking maybe maybe we were making this decision on our own, um, maybe not, not weighing in so much for what the Lord wanted for us. And, um, and I, I think I put a book, my husband was saying the other night here that, uh, and I had forgotten this. I put a book in the bathroom about sterilization options and, and the choices Mm -hmm. and, and some of this, and, and it had a real godly focus. And, uh, so I just put it in there. I didn't think anything of it, and I was still kind of thinking. And so apparently, like, on his own and on my own, we were both traveling this journey, and then we kind of decided after that, you know, if the Bible says that children are a blessing and they're a gift from God, who are we to say, I do not want any more blessings from you, God. Please just stop giving me gifts, you know? Enough is enough. Just stop right there. So it was during that fifth pregnancy when... Our heart changed, and and we just said, I accept these blessings and these gifts from you, and mm-hmm. thank you for them. And um, so then on, you know, on they came, yeah. six, seven, eight, nine, and um, they are. They're all blessings, and they are all gifts. And sometime when I... And how old is Eli now, your youngest? Yeah, Eli is five and a half. Yes. So it's a wow. new stage new, of life. Yes. And and no lots of fun. More little ones coming on. It comes to that stage, doesn't yes it? Yes and no, because okay, no more little ones coming on in my house. But my daughter's yes. now married, yes, and she has mm. a two-year-old, and expecting another. So I think it's just such a natural. God has just moved us straight in from parenting our own to having these to having toddlers, and, and it's such a, it's a beautiful thing. That is how it is meant to be. That's how God designed it. And that's why he made mothers to be in their childbearing years until they reach menopause, because that can be around about 50 years of age, but some younger, sometimes some a little older, and people think, oh, wow, am I going to have children until I'm 50? But the average uh, time that cho- that mothers become infertile is about 45 today anyway. And so really, it's, it's not a very long window in our lives. You know, even 20 to 40, so it's only about 20 years. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so short in the length of our life. And it's our years of visitation. When God can bless us. And, and as we get older, uh, fertility is not like when we were younger. And some stop having children sooner than others. And sometimes they come slower as you get older. But we are in those childbearing years. And then when it works out, you have, by the time you've stopped childbearing, you have children who are at the age of getting married. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. especially if, um, you know, they are prepared for marriage. We have so many young people today who are in their mid-20s and late 20s and early 30s who are not getting married. 
But I think one of the reasons is they haven't been mentally and spiritually prepared for marriage. They haven't grown up in families where there's children around and they haven't even been kind of... Uh, the society doesn't really talk a lot about marriage. People, Young people shack up together and even Christian couples, they may not want to do that. But many times they do fall into fornication because they are not getting married. They're hanging out together and they're getting older mm-hmm. and the very natural instincts they cannot fulfill. And it's not how it's meant to be. I think God intended uh, young people to get married at a reasonably young age. And then as they embrace children, which hopefully they will if they're not brainwashed by our society. So then they, you, like you are enjoying your children have stopped coming, but now your daughter's children are coming. Yes. And there's always babies around. Yes, and there's true. no empty nest. No. No. We will never no have empty an empty nest. nest ever. God never planned the empty nest syndrome. No. It's not meant to be. It's true. Isn't it yeah, wonderful? Yeah. So when I look at, um, you know, knowing I, ha- we had had a plan for four, and then we decided on five. And then when God took over, you know, that was the other, and I just, uh, the other six, seven, eight, nine. And, uh, it's funny. Sometimes I, I'm not a real emotional person, but sometimes I look at those, you know, those little faces and they come up and they talk to me and all of a sudden it just hits me. I could have chosen to never have you, you, by my choice and my will, you could have never been here. And I just, have a heart of gratefulness that that they're here mm. and and I I have no idea what God has planned for them. We never know the plans that we would have missed out on or the mm. blessings that we would have missed out on had we said, "Oh, that's it. Tidy up. We're oh. done. You know, make this yes. finished. I'm complete." And uh, I I'm just it it I'm not generally an emotional person, but it just sometimes it just does bring mm. me to tears when I look yeah. at those and I and I've even told some of them, you know, you're a bonus. Yeah. You know, most people wouldn't have you because your number, you yeah. know, whatever. And they're like, really? And I said, no, but, you know, I'm so glad that yeah. I have you, oh, you know? that's beautiful, yes. And they are meant to be here. Yes. You think of children who God intended to be here, and they're not here. Like, not only stopping children through contraception, but even when we go to the abortion field and to think that there have been 60 million babies aborted since Roe versus Wade, and you think of 60 million people, workforce in our nation, and can you imagine how many of these could have been just amazing people? Uh, geniuses, inventors, and just wonderful fathers and mothers who would have had more children. We would not have to be bringing into our nation all these people from foreign countries to help the workforce because we would have had our own. Mm-hmm. Isn't We have gone so far away from God's ways by rejecting children. And, and, and not only... Do we stop many, even in the Christian church, sadly, who will stop having children, but they're not only stopping a baby, they're stopping a dynasty 
a whole dynasty. Just think of how many children they actually do stop because one child is just not an island to itself. It will grow, get married and have children. And so we stop a dynasty. And also we, we stop the filling of eternity. You know, I've had people say to me, well, you know, God's not interested in the natural. Now the New Testament, it's all the spiritual. Well, yes, it is spiritual. It's still practical. And, uh, but God, he wants souls born into his kingdom. Yes, but how are souls going to be born into the kingdom of God and enjoy the glories of heaven if they're not born into this world? We deprive people of eternity. Imagine it. These children that you have, they're going to enjoy the glories of eternity. How sad that they could never have enjoyed that just because you said, no, I don't want any more. And you know... um that first article I wrote for Above Rubies, yes. it was in 91, That's the, right. issue 91, and we had a, a pyramid we showed. My husband's grandfather mm. and grandmother, I believe he was first generation Christian, mm. um, and from the two of them, they had seven children, and from those seven children, each of those had at least three or four. Most of them, I believe, had four, if I remember right. And so then there's the cousins, which is my husband's generation. And then now the cousins are all having, or yeah, his cousins, most of them had children. And then the next generation down would be uh, my daughters, if I remember right. That's my, the my, fifth generation. Yes. Yeah. And I uh, asked my uh, father-in-law's aunts the other night, I sent one of them, one of them is the statistician in the family. And uh, she messaged me last night with the number. She said, we're about up to about 150. Mm. And from two people. Yes, from two people. And, and, you know, to be able to think, you think what I do is not maybe that important. And, and the impact that I make maybe isn't that important. It's just these small little things I'm doing, but that small thing becomes multiplied in God's mm-hmm. hands mm-hmm. and it just multiplies and you know we may never see our you know our fifth, five generations down but it doesn't mean that God isn't there mm-hmm. in that and working mm-hmm. and and it's to be part of that is mm-hmm. it's just a very amazing thing oh absolutely and so uh, as your children grew, did you send them off to school or did you have a vision for homeschooling or what did you do with that? I had never heard of homeschooling before. Mm-hmm. I grew up in public school my whole life. Um, I, I had not even heard of it. But one day I went out to my mailbox to get you know, my mail and there was another lady that lived on our cul-de-sac that went out to get her mail and... Uh, she had all her children with her, all six, which I thought, well, what in the world? You have six. I only had two, you know, and I would never known anybody with six ever. So, uh, she, and they were home. And I just thought that was the oddest thing. Why are they home? Shouldn't they be in school? So she invited me over and came in and the, her children played with mine and we became good friends. And she told me, well, we homeschool and this is why. And I, it was an unknown concept to me completely. Um, and so I started to really have a curiosity 
I told my husband, you know, I kind of think I want to homeschool. I just think I might want to teach them. And he said, well, you know, I'm not sure if they're going to get the academics. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure if that's going to be, you know, long term. So I will let you do it for kindergarten, first grade. We'll see about second or third. But by by third, you'll need to make, they'll have to be in school, you know, for sure. And uh, so I, okay, let's do it. So we started out kindergarten and um, my oldest. Now, see, when he was in kindergarten, the, the twins were just toddling around and I was feeling overwhelmed and, and can I do this? And so mm. for three months, we actually sent our son to the local public school just for three months mm. and uh, around, started around spring break and, and then till the end of the year and and I noticed behaviors that mm. I, in kindergarten, yeah. I, he used to play with his toddlers or, or the toddlers. He used to play with the little boys and he played with his sister and he'd come home saying things like, I'm not going to play with her. She's a girl. Mm. I'm not going to play with them. They're babies, you know? Mm. So when we brought him out for the end of the school year, we said, you know what? That was not, that does not cultivate mm. the family and the love no. between siblings that we mm. want to cultivate and so we're going to go back to this homeschool. We never went back to yeah. to, to public school or private school. Um, so we've been on so the homeschool journey. Got convinced along the way. Well, and and part of it was I think maybe when we went, uh, we brought him home, and I think I was still a little bit on probationary period, mm-hmm. but um, somewhere between that kindergarten and or first grade to third grade, uh, we went to our local homeschool conference. Um, which he, it was not high on his list to go to. He'll tell you that um, it was an anniversary gift for me. I said, for our anniversary, will you please go to the homeschool conference with me? And he said, oh, well, you know, when is it? It's a two-day. Well, I can give my time for one day, but I don't feel the need to go back to. So at the end of the first day, he said, what time does it start in the morning? Ooh, <laughs> and nice. we went back for day two and uh, then continued every year. I think we've been 12, 13 years now and uh, went on to, you know, now my husband is a great homeschool advocate and we ran our homeschool association where we live in our town. And um, yeah, so now it's totally, yeah, that's yes, forever. <laughs> yes. And of course, now, Pam, uh, you're not just in the throes of, of homeschooling little ones, but you've got children who've graduated. Now, Tell me, how did it work out? As far as, far as the final project, yes, pro- product? yes, because you've got four of them now who've graduated, I do. haven't you? Do it's yes, yeah, it's amazing. I can't believe four that have licenses, four that have graduated, and it's who every time one graduates, it's like, oh, we did it. Yeah. This is done. So uh, yeah, they're they're all completely successful. Um, mm. Our oldest works within our family business and uh my husband says he's the best employee he's ever had yeah you know um yes well your husband was telling me last night uh as a businessman how difficult it is to get good employees and how he has uh employees who've got degrees after their name but they're really hopeless (laughs) and i think that's something that has it's really become apparent to me through the years and given me confidence in my homeschooling Mm. is that um, we can train academics and we can seek after and run after academics and a rigorous academic schedule. But if we do not raise children 
with biblical values, with virtue, mm. with mm. the loyalty and um, a heart of discernment, um, then we've kind of wasted our time a little bit because we can we can add academics later. We live in a, a, a time of information overload. Yes. Uh, you can go in, get information so quickly um, mm. that the academics aren't as, as high on, on our, I guess, list anymore. Um, so many times my husband has employed people and he says, you know, they're smart, but they don't show up to work or they, they steal from you or they, they, there's all sorts of things. And he said, I would rather have a child of less academics and, and still be all these loyal and, and of good character of godly, um, values, um, to know the word. And that's truly what the anchor Mm. needs to be. in. he said, I can always teach an employee the academics they need. Mm. And so if we raise our children with that, with godly principles and values and, and a love for him and, and a, a knowledge of, okay, maybe I don't know that academic, but a thirst and a a knowledge of how to Mm. get that information Mm. when they do need it, then they'll always be employed. You don't yes. need to worry that they aren't going to have that right academics so they won't get deployed. No, they'll always be employed because the uh, employer, the, the, you know, the workforce is thirsty yes. for people who show up to work and yes. show up to work on time and with a good and cheerful attitude mm. and, and are respectful. They're thirsty for that. Your children will always have a job mm. if, if you train them. You can fill in the gaps of the academics later. I graduated from public high school with the honors and... I, I still need to fill in my academics. I didn't learn everything there. No, no. Um, yes, your husband was telling me last night about a study, and I was most interested in it. And uh, I may, you may have to help me remember it, but it, it was about they were just checking out these uh, children in high school, and then uh, as they went through college, and they found that these people leaving high school and as they went into college, that each year they actually became dumber because our colleges now uh, are really, they instead of trying to impart the real uh, knowledge that they need, they are just brainwashing places for the leftist ideology and they are more concerned about brainwashing uh, our young people of this nation with their leftist and socialist ideas, uh, and they are less worried about real knowledge. And so they found that every year they became dumber, and by the time they graduated college, they were actually dumber than when they were (laughs) at high school. They kind of lost some of their critical thinking skills. Yes, yes, because they no longer um, are able to debate and reason and, and talk out things. And this is something that is very important, I believe, in gaining knowledge is that uh, discussion and other people's ideas and being able to talk about them and then see right through as you have both sides and then you've got to see truth. But they are not allowed to hear anything that is of God or is of, you know, original truth. Mm. It's all leftist ideology. And so that's all they get. And no longer do they even reason. They don't know how to reason or anything they they've just they've just become 
what would be the word? Okay, just whatever they're told, that's what they believe, and uh, that's yeah. it. Yeah. I think um, at one of the con- homeschool conferences, they said truly, rather than send- spending $60,000, $100,000 on a college education for your child, you know, you do much better to just help them, I mean, get a franchise, have them go work mm-hmm. a franchise, and uh, don't get into the academia I mean, we have a son who actually is pursuing dentistry. And so for him, he will need to go to college. Dentistry is something you can't really YouTube. You know, you, you have to learn how to do it through the school, and you have to get your certific- certification and all that. So he'll have to. But that, he may be a unique one out of all nine. He may be our only one who goes to college. And I, I think we have, uh, we've been brainwashers as a society to say, oh, they have to go to college. They have to go to college. But I think we're at a time when we, we with our critical thinking skills, need to sit back and say, is college truly necessary? What, you know, what are the, where are we going and what is our ultimate goal? And, um, you know, you'll know by each one of your children, they all have a different bent and personality and a passion to strive after. And that's even, you're asking about my homeschooling and uh, we... I tell people we're kind of homeschool light. We don't uh, we don't pursue it hard. We're not crazy hard on the academics, and uh, I don't stand up in front of my children and lecture and teach. We do a lot of self taught. We border on unschooling, and uh, I'm not the academic one. That's my husband. Yes. Yeah, but he's a <laughs> so very very academic. He man. is very mm-hmm. academic. Which mm-hmm. so for him to. Um, to say, you know what, the academics aren't that important to me. I'd rather focus on these. That was a big, uh, a big statement. He has seen it and experienced yes. in his employees. Yes, and he was telling me also that many businesses today, because of the type of people who are coming to them, they would rather uh, get a young man uh, who or woman who is you know, uh, diligent and fresh and intelligent, but get them before they go to college because they can teach them what they need to know for their business Mm -hmm. and they will be able to teach them far better than getting them when they've just been propagandized with Mm -hmm. leftist theology Mm -hmm. and not theology, but ideology and, uh, you know, have not really been trained Mm -hmm. really to... Mm -hmm be the kind of employee that they want to have. Right. And I think for those, I mean, just looking at my oldest four, the ones that have graduated, the one who needed to have the academics, who does intend to be a dentist, you know what? God gave him a passion for science. He gave him a passion for knowledge. And he gave him a skill to take tests amazingly. You know what? That's not the skill his twin brother has, you know, but God had a different purpose and a plan for them. And he will put that in them because that's the one who needs it. You know, Isaac needs to pursue that dentistry. He needed that academic. Um, God put that within him. It's nothing I did. And, and I didn't say, I want all of you to have, you know, you must have college. You must. So then there's the twin who Ben is, 
he's much more physical. He's much yes. more active. He couldn't stand any tests. He couldn't stand any academics. And, and he is perfectly suited for what he is now doing, mm. and uh, which, which is why we got to enjoy this trip mm. with you, because we're going to see him for his Army graduation, and, and he's done and, amazingly mm. well. And at he's, the go- they're all succeeding in the different areas. Now, he's already been chosen to be the leader of his squad and the battalion and all you know Mm -hmm. he's got that he he's he's someone who he's going to make things happen he's going to get what he wants and he's already a leader right and he's just 18 yeah he's just 18 but that and there was no way i could train him oh someday i think you'll be in the army therefore we're going to make sure we study this i think you're going to be a dentist therefore we're going to study this i think you're going to do instead let's teach them godly values. Let's teach mm. them the Lord. Let's give them a real general, let's give a general knowledge and a general mm. education and, and let them pursue passions and, mm. and follow. And, and the Lord will fill that in. Mm. Yes. Now I, I think we have often got the wrong concept of schooling uh, I, I myself believe that knowledge is very, very important. Proverbs 19 verse 2 says, That the soul be without knowledge, it is not good. And, and I love that scripture because it says that the soul. It doesn't even say that the mind. You know, you can... Um, sometimes we try to fill our minds with knowledge. And yes, we've got to. That is part of it. Yes, we're going to stimulate our minds. We're going to study uh, to find out these things that we're passionate about. But there's something about the soul being filled with knowledge. And I think that's having a passion for knowledge. And that is in us. I believe it's in every person, a passion and a longing for knowledge. Because our God is, he is the God of all knowledge. Mm -hmm. That's who he is. Mm -hmm. Everything, every attribute of God It's not, oh, this is a little attribute of God. No. God is the fullness of every attribute. Mm -hmm. The fullness. All knowledge is found in him. Colossians chapter 2 says that in, we find in Christ, in him, are hidden all the treasures, the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And because they're in him and we're created in his image, there should be a desire and a longing and a passion for knowledge. And I believe that this is the greatest thing we can do in our schooling, uh, in our homeschooling, is give our children this passion for knowledge so that they long for it. And it's not just a matter of, okay, well, um, I've got to teach them this. And I think this is a, well, this is to me with my brain. First of all, we start off with public schooling. Okay, I often think, now, how come we are such victims? All right, there was some person or a group of people who decided these are the subjects that the children of our nation are going to learn. And we will create the textbooks and we will put in them what we want them to know 
And like I have uh, one of my lovely Above Ruby's helpers who is with us at the moment. She was mostly homeschooled, but did go uh, to high school for a year or so. But she said her history textbook had one paragraph of Christianity, a whole chapter on Islam. Hmm. So some group of people are deciding what the children will learn. Okay, what authority do they have? And how crazy are we as victims who say, yes, we will follow that. Yes, whatever this person, and what are they? They didn't have any authority to, to say what my children will learn. But no, I, I, I will do that. So we send them all off to school. And of course, there were years ago, they could get away with it. But now they can't get away with it because this indoctrination, this propagandizing of leftist ideal ideology is not just in the colleges, it's starting right in the beginning of kindergarten now and so they're being brainwashed but then we come to homeschooling and do you know that many homeschooling mothers do the same thing, we go to our homeschool curriculum fairs and we see all these amazing curriculums and they're all wonderful and we buy the one we think is best and we go home and because we've paid all this money for it, well, we're going to have to use it. So our children have got to finish that lesson and they've got to get through it because I paid all this money and this is what they've got to learn. I beg your pardon? That was somebody who got that together and it was a great idea for their family. But is that what my children have to learn? You know, we become victims, don't we? We're just like little sheep. Oh, goodness me. God has given us as parents to be the parents of these children. And we are different and our children are different from any other children on the face of the earth. In fact, everyone in our families, each one of them are different. Mm -hmm. and, and so we've got to, I think, the greatest thing that we do is as you were saying before, is number one, just teaching them in the ways of God, his character, in just embedding them richly in the word of God. Because as they go out into this world, they're going into a world of deception and there is only one thing that exposes deception and that's the word of God mm -hmm. if we're not filled with the word we can be deceived because we don't really know what is truth and so we've got to fill them fill them richly with his word and just his character and and the values of life and, and uh, get these this should be so much part of them and giving them a longing and a desire for knowledge but it may not just be having to go through certain lessons. We don't have to be stuck with that. We've got to do it the way we feel this particular child will learn. But we dare not put them off. I think so many people are put off school and put off knowledge. They're put off knowledge. I remember, as I went to public school back in my day, I'd never heard of homeschooling, but there were subjects, I mean, science. I hated science because I went to these boring lessons and it was so boring I think oh I hate science but really I should not hate science because God is the originator of science everything comes from him 
And even scientists are only discovering. In fact, that's the problem with scientists today. They tell us one thing. We go a few years down the line and they have greater equipment and microscopes and whatever to find out more. And they find that what they thought before was actually it's wrong. Changed. It's changed. And now it's yeah. new. So their science is changing all the time, whereas God's is eternal and yes. he knows it all. And we should just have such a longing for the knowledge of his world and how it works. But I got put off because of boring classes. And then I got put off math. It was only when I was homeschooling uh, my own children that I got a love for math. This is exciting. I think that we let academics and schooling get in the way of true education, which is the knowledge and the wisdom. So I would say don't don't do that. Don't get so caught up in the school and the education mm. that we, or the school and the academics, that we forget yes. what a true education is, and yes. that is the wisdom and the knowledge. It is, and and it's not it, knowledge. Yes, knowledge is powerful because knowledge is God, and God has all knowledge. And I think it's so. And you see, it's not just oh, okay, got to school my children. No. Learning and knowledge is for life. I mean, here I am in getting in the older part of my life. I still feel so young. But I think I have a more passion for knowledge than ever every day. Oh, I hear about something. I want to learn so much more about that. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, I've got to find out more about that. I do not have the time to even find out all I want to to just study and find out. Firstly, in the knowledge of God and who he is, Mm -hmm. but then in the knowledge of his world, which is all God. And this is what we've got to put into our children. Mm -hmm. And so when they are are questioning about something, look, forget the little, you know, lesson they're learning. Just let them go for it to discover this. Yes. And then there'll be something else. And and let's discover. Discover what is what is enticing us and interesting us at the time, and that's how we're filled with knowledge, and that keeps that excitement of knowledge always in our lives. Yes, for sure. Don't you think? For sure, I've learned a lot more as oh. a homeschooling oh, mom absolutely. than I did yes. <laughs> than my than my yes. years in school myself. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yes. So, dear darling mothers, be encouraged today, won't you? Some of you can think, oh, I've just got to get through all these lessons and I've got to get through this curriculum. No, you don't. Who said you had to? You've just put that on yourself. Oh, I remember a friend of mine. They were going through a very, very difficult financial time in their lives. And uh, she couldn't even, she was homeschooling, but she couldn't even afford to buy any books or any curriculum for the new year. And she complained to her husband, oh, what am I going to do, our poor children? We can't even afford books for them. He said to her, you've got the greatest book in your hands. You've got the word. Teach them from that. Well, she had no other alternative. She couldn't buy the book, so she did. She began teaching them from the word. Those children grew up beautiful young girls, and they had all the education they needed for life. Absolutely. Yes. So I know our time's coming to an end again, but how much time have we got, Charlie Wells? 
Oh, we're up to 40 minutes. Well, you've got to stay on a bit longer. We've got to have another session with Pam. What do you reckon, ladies? Okay, well, let's pray now, shall we? Dear Father, oh, we thank you that we can just talk together and discuss all the things that we face each day. I pray again for every mother and grandmother and daughter, everyone who's listening. Lord, bless them. Homeschooling mothers, Lord, bless them. Just, I ask that you will give them your rest and uh, take away their overwhelmingness. Lord, let them know that you are the author of knowledge. You, it's in you that all knowledge is hidden. And Lord God, we are not bound by certain lessons that we have to teach our children. Show us what you want us to teach them. And give us and our children such a passion and desire and longing for knowledge that we will, our whole families will be just seeking after knowledge that comes from their own heart and their own desire. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm.